Let's do it. Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll be glad to answer any questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call? Got all our lines wide open, and we're rip-ready and raring to go. That's it. Right now is the perfect time to call, oh, too. Yeah. yeah, just go ahead and give us a call. Ask any kind of question. Yeah, old battery dead or... Car won't start. Won't stop. Won't stop. That's even worse. <laughs> you know, I've debated that topic. I don't know which worse. If it, if it won't start, it won't stop. Uh, they both pretty bad. I don't know, but I think not stopping would yeah, be, the, yeah, yeah, probably, be the worst end of yeah, it. Yeah, that's probably right, because if you can't start, at least you're just going to sit there. That's it. That's it. You get it moving, it can't stop it. Boy, you're, right. in, you're in for it now. Well, what do you say? A body in motion tends to stay in motion? That's it. <laughs> can't break that law. Hey, you give us calls, and we'll be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. Tell me. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the board light up, and I was like, well, no, I was going to say, <laughs> we'll wait. That's right. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got Jim online. Good morning, Jim. Hey, good morning, guys. Good How morning. You Great, sir. Hey, uh, I have a question about a 2011 CRV, a Honda. Okay. And I noticed uh, it's just about time for the first oil change. Yes, sir. And I've noticed it's got a new oil, a Zero W20. That's now, correct. I haven't seen anything that I've looked for. I used to use castor oil, mm-hmm. but. I haven't seen castor oil other than a synthetic edge. So you, you're going to have to use synthetic on that. Okay. Well, nobody makes a 020 in the conventional oil. Uh-huh. To, to get that wide of a range, get the protection that you need, we keep Mobile One in stock in 020 for because new Hondas and the Toyotas both require it. You're going to have to go to a synthetic product with that. That's the specification. In fact, if you read Honda's specs on the oil, nothing but a synthetic could meet those specifications. Okay. So, I, I, it didn't specifically say synthetic. No, book. it says use all that meets Honda spec. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're supposed yeah. to know what that means, but is it worthwhile using the Honda oil, or is it? No, Honda one? doesn't make all. I mean, they probably use it. Mobile One. Mobile One is factory fill on just about everybody. I know General Motors this year came out with that Dexos, which is a semi-synthetic, and I don't think Mobile One is their factory fill, although it is on almost every other car out there. And your Mobile One is going to be readily available at just Very about anywhere. Available. The problem you get into, Jim, if you Pick another oil that's maybe not quite as popular, and down the road they decide to quit making it or you just can't get it. Now you're stuck with the dilemma of having to change the oil type in your car, which is a bad deal. I understand. Okay. So, I mean, you can get Mobile One virtually everywhere, including Walmart. I mean, that's why we selected it, just because it's so, so widely available. Right. And, you know, I noticed they also use this this percent oil life. Yes, sir. Instead of the the normal interval, and I, I usually change it every 3,000 miles. So. Yeah, it depends, Jim, on how you're driving the car. And the number one factor is going to be the average trip, how long your average trip is. Right. And if you read Honda's manual, they'll even tell you that. They go into pretty great detail on it. And what is very, very misleading and gets most people in trouble is that when they come out and say, okay, change your all every three, four, five, six, seven, whatever number, miles. That works okay for some people, but for most people it doesn't work because right. miles is not the thing that determines when you need oil change. How dirty the oil is does. Yeah. For instance, if your average trip down the road is four to five miles like most people, you get in your car, you go to work, you go to the grocery store, whatever, you shut it off and it sits there four or five miles at a time, you're going to have to change that oil around 3,000 or you're going to have big problems. Right. Now, if you work in North Louisiana and you drive 50, 60, 70, 80 miles a day one way, well, mm-hmm. yeah, then you can easily go 
five, six, seven thousand miles between all changes. Because right. the oil is always hot, it's boiling out the moisture, you know, it's cleaning itself up, and you can go much longer. So to give people a mileage number without any other context is really kind of foolish. And what they do in the fine print, they say, well, under severe conditions, change at 3,000. Now, their first definition of a severe condition is the average trip's less than five miles. Right. Second is if you stop and go traffic. Well, who's not in stop and go traffic in Baton Rouge? Yeah. If you operate above 90 degrees, well, that's six months out of the year here. Well, I'm assuming this percent number that is printed up on the dash mm-hmm. is based on what viscosity? That's strictly based on time passage, miles passage, and they throw in a little bit of engine load type calculation with okay. that. Okay. But in my opinion, it's still it's skewed way, way, way too long. Right. I would right. not ever go that far. It's just it makes no sense. You can never save enough money on all changes to pay for one repair. Yeah, I know on my truck, I usually change it at 3000 and right. it's like 60% oil life. So. Right. Well, the thing is, though, we get folks in every single day where they're changing their oil at six, seven, eight thousand miles, whenever they think about it. They got 89,000 90,000 miles when we're putting the rear main seal in the car. Yeah. Well, that's 1000 bucks a Honda to do that. You got to pull right. the whole transmission out the car to do it. Yep. So yep. have you ever saved $1,000 on oil changes during the whole life of the car? <laughs> No. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Do yourself a big favor, too. Mm-hmm. Go get you a Honda filter right. and the little ring that goes on the drain plug. Ring. Yep. Torque it down. It's got a torque specification mm-hmm. on it. I'm not sure for 11, but over the years, Honda's has always been around 33 foot-pounds. Right. We need to check and make sure what the torque spec is if it's changed. Okay. But make sure you change that little crush ring and yeah. put your Honda filter Honda on filter, it. Mobile yes. One oil. You ought to be good to go for a long time. Yep. Great. Okay. Thanks again, guys. Right, yes, man. sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Joe online. Good morning, Joe. Hey, how y'all doing? Doing great, sir. Good morning, sir. Good. I'm not having a problem, but I just wanted to know what your opinion of an 05 GMC Sierra. Are you aware of any problems that vehicle has? Oh, yeah. Several. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Any number of well, problems. It's not a bad it, truck. No, it's not. You know, it's what Chevrolet did or GMC did or GM did, I guess I should say, is they built a pretty good truck. And with okay. a little bit of effort, they could have built a really good truck. They just okay. didn't put in a little extra effort. Okay. I can tell you about 90 to 100,000 miles, the instrument cluster is going to go out. You, uh. you can be driving about about 60 miles an hour, and your speedometer is going to be sitting on 110. You can't <laughs> go ahead and count on that. If you tow anything at all, you'll probably buy a transmission around between 100 and 125. Okay, you, even though it has the uh, towing package? That means yeah. absolutely nothing. That means it's got oh, a cooler really? on it. 4L60E okay. transmission, same piece of junk that's been used since 1982. They have made me and every other transmission shop in the world rich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I hope right. they don't ever change it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you got your rack and pinion that's going to start leaking. Rack and start leaking at some point. Right. Uh, what else? Mm, rear end. Rear end probably go much, out but if you tow with it. Right. Okay. Brakes. Now, again, you may get a cracked head on it and start getting cooling yeah. in the all. The whole key, Joe, I don't want to paint just doom and gloom but right the whole key is just if you maintain the thing you can get good service out of it because all of that said i also know people who got two hundred thousand miles on them right you know right. they've spent some money now along the way but it's gonna be cheaper than buying another car or another truck right. but one kind of biggish problem they've got on the 01 to 07 model is the cylinder heads they got made in mexico somewhere from the cheapest guy they could find and the head will actually crack at around 100 to 130,000 miles you start getting coolant loss and you won't know where it's going because there'll be absolutely no outward sign just keep losing coolant and it's very important that once it starts losing coolant we find it real quick get it into me i can fix it and you're gonna be done but if you don't that coolant's going in your oil and it will wipe the engine out 
Not to mention it may get a converter, too. Yeah, get the catalytic right. converter and everything else. But if you wait until it, till check engine light pops on, until the valve start clattering, it's you, too late. Too late, right. you'll be buying an engine. Yeah, I got an 06 with okay. almost 70,000 on it right now. Yeah, keep an eye on it. I've had pretty good luck out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, mine, I had mine was uh, 88. Y'all know anybody looking for one? 88 model Chevy truck up. Pick up? No, I mean eighty-eight thousand on it, and it's an 05. I make yeah. a good deal on it. Oh, I tell you what, it ain't hard to sell now. No. Those trucks will bring a premium price, man. Okay, because good deal. the new ones are so expensive. And now I got to tell you, after 07, they're ten times worse than that one was. Oh no! Oh, oh yeah. absolutely! Oh yeah! Oh, I'd rather have that in any day. After 07, when they went broke, man, they really started sticking junk in them. New was okay. nothing but trouble. All right, well, great, I appreciate it. Okay, All right, man. Sir. Have a good. Thank All you. Right. Bye bye. Right, if you want to be part of the automotive, I we'd love to have you. I'll take one more call for the break. We got Joe online. Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning. How are y'all? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Look, I, I got a question for you. I'm driving a 2001 Jeep Wrangler. Okay. An automatic and a 4-liter 6. Uh-huh. 3,000 miles on it. Buddy mentioned the other day, asked me about the transmission, and he said this were the weak spot, but I've never had a problem. And I was, well, it depends, Joe, because he, some of them have a Chrysler transmission, which is kind of a weak point. Some of them have a Toyota transmission, which ain't never going to go out. Uh, they come both ways. Well, I wonder, do you think, because I'm lazy, you know, when I'm at stoplights, stop mm-hmm. signs, mm-hmm. I always put it neutral so I don't have to hold my foot on the brake as hard. I wouldn't do that. You can wear out the linkage. You're wearing out a control valve in the valve body doing that. I mean, I just okay. shouldn't require a whole lot of pedal effort to keep it stopped. Yeah, it seems to, but maybe I'm just lazy. Well, I got, my real question is, mm-hmm. I've changed the front brake pads about a thousand times, okay. but I've never replaced the ones on the well, back. Well, yeah, and that's why you got to hold your foot down too hard. Because the rear brakes ain't working. If they're working, they'd be wearing out just like the fronts are. <laughs> so you got rear brakes aren't working, so you're stopping on the front. That's why you got to sit there and hold the pedal so hard. And that's also why the fronts keep wearing out. Yeah, it's the simple things in life that I've made. Oh, I know. Hey, look, don't feel bad. I had a guy call from a, uh, from a dealership, and I'm not going to mention a name, but he called. He said, look, you know a lot about brakes. I say, well, I know something about them. He said, we got a, yeah, 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 we have changed. And he rattles off a list of about $2,000 of stuff they've changed under warranty. Keeps eating the front brake pass. So, whoa, before you tell me anything else that you changed, you didn't need to change, how do the rear brakes look? Oh, they look perfect. I said, well, if they look perfect, they're not working. Because if they're working, they'd be wearing out like the fronts are. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I said, look, there's a height compensator valve in that thing. Go check it and see if it's bad or not. So he calls back, man, that was it. The height valve's bad. It's not getting pressure to the back. I said, whoa, 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 slow down. I said, how do you know the valve's bad? He said, well, I checked it. I said, tell me how you checked it. He says, well, it's supposed to have 1,200 pounds of pressure coming out of it, and it's only got four. I said, okay, that means it's bad, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, did you check the pressure going into it? Line goes dead. <laughs> Go back and check the pressure going in. Calls back. Well, ain't no pressure going into it. Only 400 pounds. <laughs> I said, no kidding. <laughs> I said, send it over here. So he sends it to me. We check, and when they tied this thing down, brand new vehicle, on the transport truck, they wrapped the chain around the frame, and they smashed the brake line from the front master cylinder to the back height valve. Cut wow. the line, flared it, put a little union in there, fixed the problem. You know, he, he done put calipers he done put rotors he done put a mouth cylinder he put a booster he changed every part that he could change on it but yeah if the backs are not wearing they're not working and they're not working you eat fronts up real fast and you got a lot more pedal pressure so check those back brakes see what's going on back there you could have you have a wheel cylinder leaking you could have a wheel cylinder stuck you could have all kinds of things if it's got anti-lock brakes that adds a whole nother genre of junk that it could be but I guarantee you fix your back brake problem, you're going to fix your front brake problem, and you're going to fix your having to hold your pedal down so hard. Well, that'll do it. We'll check okay. it. Thank All you. All right, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Hi, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with more. Kate, we can shop tomorrow. I'm off to Agco for my car's general inspection. I take it once a year so the team at Agco can catch any potential problems before they become huge repairs down the road. You know, things like small rattles and shakes can become issues and you never can be too... A general inspection each year would be great for my marriage. Kate, thanks for bringing David in for his general inspection. Overall, he's in pretty good shape for an older model. I replaced his sensitivity regulator, which was getting a little worn. His not listening to my partner and leave the seat up lights were both about to come on, so I fixed that. As far as preventive maintenance, more fiber, less beer, and watch his portion control, especially on the weekends. And thank goodness for Agco. Kate? Kate, are you listening? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sounds like a general inspection from Agco can improve my marriage. I I mean vehicle. Uh, Improve my vehicle. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us calls? And just in case you don't get a chance to call in, something occurred to you during the week. That's right. You can always visit our website and get your questions answered there. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O. Easy way to remember that's Alvazan's Garage Company. There's several databases you can search on the site, depending on how much information you're looking for. Yeah, or what kind of information. Or what kind. Mm-hmm. Got the vehicle questions, which is just sort of short, to the point, sort of a answer to a question, direct answer. For instance, what is the symptom of a bad U-joint? Well, bam, you get a it's going to pull answer. up, and it's going to tell you what the symptoms of a bad U-joint are. Now, if you want to know a lot more about U-joints, like maybe how to prevent U-joints from going bad, and what other things can a bad U-joint cause, and so on and so forth. Then you go over to detailed topics, and there will be an article in there on U-joints, which will show you what kind of tools you need to change them without damaging your drive shaft, because that's all changed a lot now. It has. Back in the old days when you had a steel drive shaft with a great big old U-joint in there, and you took a hammer and you pounded it out, and everything was kind of okay. Probably wasn't right then, but you could get by with it. But now you got an aluminum drive shaft, precisely balanced, because the cars with an overdrive transmission, that shaft is spinning much faster. Things are much tighter. You feel vibrations a whole lot more. And if you damage that drive shaft just a tiny, tiny bit putting a U-joint in, you could probably end up buying a new drive shaft, Definitely. which is eleven to $1,500. Depending so. on the application. <laughs> That's right. So this article will go into all that kind of stuff and tell you how to do it, how it should be done, blah, 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 why it happens, why you do not want a U-joint with a grease fitting on it. Okay. That's something a lot of people don't know. Right. Go to parts store. Oh, this one's got a grease fit. It's better. Okay. Well, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Why you don't want that. And so on and so forth. The detailed topics, just a wealth of information. Put one on this morning on head gaskets. Now, that's a question we get a lot. Right. And people will say, well, I can't have a blown head gasket because the hydrocarbon test came back negative. Which is false. That's false. Does not mean anything. A positive does mean it is bad, but a negative doesn't mean it's not bad. Or they'll say, I'm not getting water in my oil. Well, that's one way. And I go into detail on all the ways a head gasket can blow. And there are probably seven or eight different ways a head gasket can blow. Each will give you a different set of symptoms. Correct. And there are other things other than a head gasket that will give you most of the same symptoms. So you can very, very easily misdiagnose this problem. You add into that the fact that with aluminum cylinder heads and engines running 220 degrees normal operating temperature, 
you already got kind of a, a invitation, yeah, invitation yeah. to disaster here. Most cars can run up to 220 degrees normal operating temperature. Now, at 245, problems start occurring real bad. And it doesn't take much to jump up another 25 degrees. Well, if that's you get it. a cooling fan that sticks or doesn't come on when it should, you see that temperature gauge start creeping on up. Well, it's time to stop right now. Shut it off, because I guarantee you, you can call a cab to come get you and call a record to tow that thing in faster Whole than you're going to fix cheaper. driving it in. That's right. That can exacerbate into about a three to $4,000 repair in a heartbeat. Especially on the newer cars. Like you said, they run in 200, 210 degrees, 220 That's right. degrees. That's right. The older cars had cast iron heads. Well, and they they ran, got up to 200. They well, were they running, only ran 165. Right. If they got up to 200, there really wasn't a whole lot That's there right. that could hurt. And it's not unusual for a car to jump to 265. In fact, oh, most cars quick. nowadays have a sensor in them. And if they hit 265, that's as high as it reads. It'll just say temperature over 265. When you see that code in history, you pretty much know this was yep, done. It's, it's wiped out. And not only can you wipe out a head gasket, crack a cylinder head, warp a cylinder head, but the transmission is relying on the same cooling system to cool it off. Correct. So you can start damaging transmission real fast. The point is you just can't play around with those kinds of problems. Probably once or twice a week someone will come in the shop and they're losing coolant in the engine. They don't know where it's going. You'll check and say, well, the intake manifold's leaking. Oh, well, how much is that? And you tell them, oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to keep, well, no, you can't drive it. You don't understand. You will not be able to keep driving this. All right. Unless, Shortly. Well, you can drive it until it won't move anymore and then junk it. If that's, right. if that's your plan, well, yeah, you can do that. But if you ever want to get this car fixed, you got to do it right now. Because what's going to happen is, number one, the coolant's going to suck into the exhaust stream. It's going to knock out the catalytic converter. Well, that's going to add $800 to $1,000 to repair. All right. You can knock out two O two sensors. Well, that's going to add another three or $400 to repair. Then it's going to get in the oil and hydrolock the engine. So now you just wipe the engine out. And all this is going to occur in just a, a short very, very short time. stretch of time. That's right. So the point is, there's very few things that can't be fixed as long as you watch the symptoms and catch it. Early. At the very first thing and act quickly. Right. Not unlike if you start coughing up blood. You can't wait a year to go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to act right now. And if you go right now, he may be able to fix this. Yeah, may relatively be, inexpensive. Well, a lot cheaper than dying. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. But, yeah, it's just exactly like that on a car. Anything that you put off is going to get way, way worse. And most times it's going to get way, way worse real quick. That's right. So that's one real good article that's on there. It's all about cracked heads, warped heads, head gaskets, and so on and so forth. Read that. It's going to give you a ton of good information. A few other good ones we've got in there. There's one on the cost of modern vehicle technology. Boy, and that's a good one. It is. That Anyone is a who's one. anticipating buying a new car, and I know an awful lot of people have been doing without for a while now, and one of the joys of life in the past is, well, I want to have a new car. And I've been doing without, and I've been working hard. So, well, that's great. And, and I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're getting your car. But just be aware of what you're getting into. Right. Because it may not be as good as what you're getting rid of in many cases. <laughs> and It's definitely going to cost you more in the long run. Oh, yeah. Man, the cost of maintaining these new cars, when you look at those 22-inch tires, they really look cool. Oh, yeah. Wait till you go to buy some. They're 400 bucks a piece. Right. Or you look at those nice, cool blue headlights on the front of it. Well, they're really cool, too. A but, grand? Well, they're, they're about 200 well, bucks above, 250 above. And, and that's providing that they don't take the modules out well, with them. Well, the module behind there is 500 bucks a side, and then it takes two and a half hours labor to get to them and change them out. Right. So, yeah, I'm just saying, be aware of what you're getting into. 
And we were talking to a guy this morning. He says, well, I'm just going to start getting a new car every year. Okay, that's great. Yeah. You paid $30,000 for this car. You go trade it in every year, and you go get ten back. So it costs 25000 bucks a year to drive a car. Right. You know, a little expensive in my $3,500 a month notes. You, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> for a little while. For a while. <laughs> but point is, to adopt a different way of thinking. You don't have to necessarily do without. You just have to be a little smarter about the way you do things. Right. Sort of like with the price of gas going up, a lot of folks are real, real concerned about that. And I know f- people who go down and buy a new car to save four or five miles a gallon. But if they would just change their driving style, they could save at least four to five miles a gallon. And not have to fork out that 30, 40 grand for a new vehicle. That's not as good as the one you traded in. That's right. In some cases. Things like just getting a little list. So instead of going to the grocery store twice a day, now you go once a day. Right. Or better yet, once every other day. Well, we had that same scenario at my house. You know, going here, going there. I said, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's make a big circle. That's right. One time, we'll leave the house, Mm -hmm. we'll hit everybody, Mm -hmm. and come home. Well, you got to realize and we're if, done. if you cut out half your trips, you cut out half your gas you burned. Exactly. So you just got 50% better gas miles just by, just changing, by doing, yeah. changing your plans a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing. Another thing is leaving home a little bit earlier so that you're not under the gun, you're not rushing, because when you rush, how are you going to drive? That's it. Foot on the floor. I'm late, man. I got to get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're burning not, a lot more gas. Not to mention the wear and tear you're putting on the car. And the wear and tear on other drivers. Yeah. <laughs> on the road. <laughs> Every morning, there's always somebody that's running late. That's you right. know, And he's that's always right. all, all over your bumper. But and, just real, real small common sense stuff that you can do to save big, big bucks. And all that stuff is on the website. Just pop on there, look around, go to the search function, search for what you want www.agcoauto, Altazan's Garage Company. I think you'll really like it. We're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with more. Kate, we can shop tomorrow. I'm off to Agco for my car's general inspection. I take it once a year so the team at Agco can catch any potential problems before they become huge repairs down the road. You know, things like small rattles and shakes can become issues, and you never can be too... A general inspection each year would be great for my marriage. Kate, thanks for bringing David in for his general inspection. Overall, he's in pretty good shape for an older model. I replaced his sensitivity regulator, which was getting a little worn. His not listening to my partner and leave the seat up lights were both about to come on, so I fixed that. As far as preventive maintenance, more fiber, less beer, and watch his portion control, especially on the weekends. And thank goodness for Agco. Kate? Kate, are you listening? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sounds like a general inspection from Agco can improve my marriage. I I mean vehicle. Uh, Improve my vehicle. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Join us at the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us calls? And we've got all our lines wide open. Be glad to try to help you out and put you up at the top of the list. That's right. Want we'll to talk about the high price of gas? <laughs> <laughs> the higher price? The higher price of gas that we're paying for ethanol yeah. laced. Yeah, how about that? Half. It's not even getting 100% gas yeah, anymore, and it's still more gas. expensive. <laughs> oh, I tell you. What's well, the world coming to? Well, huh? well, what you gonna do, man? What that, you gonna do? That's it. And you they know, got you. With all this mess over in the Middle East and all going on now, it's not out of the realm of possibility that some fool doesn't do something and shut off the oil supply from there, and you you think you're in a vulnerable position right yeah. now. 
you think bad things are bad right now. You just wait till you shut off that Middle East and all cut about thirty percent of the U.S. supply. Because, then you're gonna be in trouble. Well, it's a supply and demand type economy, and when the supply goes down and demand it stays the same, price you know what up. happens to the price. Yeah. <laughs> goes slam out of sight. It's yeah. already out of sight. Well, it is, and you know they're trying to stir the economy up and. In my opinion, you've got some morons making decisions that should not be oh, being made. But some of the decisions said, well, you know, higher gas price is going to spur car sales. Now, yeah, but it's also going to kill everything because they figure everybody's going to go buy a new car to get better gas mileage. <laughs> but, you know, if you can't afford to buy groceries yeah. <laughs> or anything How you else, a car you really can't pack a car, though, you know. I don't know. Oh, it's what, what you going to do, man? That's it. And we're going to our phone lines with Bruce. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. Yes, sir. Happy dreary morning. <laughs> I've just got a general question about buying a vehicle from a car lot. Okay. I know somebody that just bought one, well, actually yesterday. Yes, it sir. left the lot without an inspection stick on the windshield. Okay. And this morning, the check engine light comes on. Yes, sir. Are they responsible for that? No, sir. No, it just depends on the deal that they made on it. You know, basically, when you buy a used car, the only warranty that you've got is the warranty that's expressed. If there is no express warranty, there is no implied warranty. Now, that being said, in Louisiana and under Louisiana law, there is what they call a Redhibition Act. The Redhibition Act states that you can't have a major defect in a car within 90 days. Now, a major defect is open to interpretation. Generally, it's going to mean something like the motor bad or something that renders the car unusable for the purpose you bought it. And it's pretty easy to do, but I mean... You need to tell your friend, don't ever buy a car without taking it somewhere and having it inspected first. You know, that would have showed up as a pending code, and they'd have known that ahead of time. It's going to be a lot more difficult. If the lot is a good, honest lot, probably if you bring it back, bring it to their attention, they'll take care of it. But if they don't, you're behind eight ball because they got your money, and you're hoping they're going to fix something. Well, exactly, because it's a... I guess a reputable dealer. They've been in business a long time. Well, I would go back and just tell them, say, hey, look, the check engine light popped on. Is there a way you're going to take care of this for me or whatever? And they say no, well, then you just got to check it. And, I mean, technically it could be something as simple as a gas cap loose or vacuum line off. So I wouldn't just totally freak out about it. It could be something simple. Sometimes it's very simple. Sometimes it's not. I don't understand why it left the lot without an inspection stick on it. Yeah, and they're not obligated to do that. I bought a brand-new car one time from a local dealership, and they did not put an inspection sticker on it. They charged me for the sticker. They just didn't put it on there. Picked it up on a Saturday, went back on a Monday, and they told me they couldn't put a sticker because it's a used car. I said, now, wait a minute. I bought it Saturday. Yeah, but it's already been on the road. I said, but you charged me for it, but it's already been on the road. Yeah, they don't never forget to charge Oh, yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> that lady would not back down so i just walked up front found the sales so look here's your keys to your car back it doesn't have an inspection ticket it doesn't do me any good yeah well you got so many days to return it well anyway. and the, the salesman took the car on his own time spent his own money went and got me a sticker on the car well, that's how that's, ridiculous it was that's not right either, oh yeah well it really left a good taste in my mouth <laughs> yeah all right thank you all righty thank you bye-bye hey go back to our phone lines richard good morning richard morning yeah, good morning richard yeah i've got something uh i'm more concerned about than the guest okay right now all right so- sir. I've got two thousand two two thousand and eight Nissan trucks, a okay. Titan and a Frontier. Okay, sir. And about three weeks ago, I had a flat tire on one of the trucks. Uh huh. Got the tire repaired, uh-huh. and my low pressure uh-huh. sensing light was on on the dash. Yes, sir. I had to go back to the dealership, and they took the car in their secret room for about fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and 
$118. They recalibrated the Well, Richard, you must not listen to this show very often, huh? What? You must not listen to this show very often. Well, I try to every Saturday that I'm Why work. in the world would you go back to a dealership for that? Because it told me to in the manual. And oh, my man, come on. Come on. <laughs> Richard, I could have fixed that for you in 15 minutes. He, my mechanic didn't have one. Well, you need a new mechanic. Oh, he's a good mechanic. I'm well, he ain't, he ain't got a tool for Yeah, well, now I need two sets of tires. <laughs> I need four tires for each truck. Yeah. And I don't mind buying tires. Yeah. But but then if I got to take it back to the dealer and get a yeah. Richard, you ain't never got to go back to the dealer for anything. Agco could do every bit of that, and we sell tires, too. You just got to calculate all of that when you buy your tires. Can this guy take care of my problems when I got it? And if the answer's no, then you need to find somebody who can, because that's all part what, of the tire. What do you charge for recalibrating the, the pressure sensors? We don't charge anything for that if we sell you the tires, because that's part of the sale. What if I don't buy the tires from you? Then you, you out. Know? Then you go back to deal and pay her eighteen bucks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess she answered. My no, question, that's that's but... about a fifteen minute procedure. Yeah. yeah we no, charge. That's... We charge by the you know, charge fifteen minutes is what about twenty seven bucks something like that thirty bucks. Okay. Okay. Well, that's reasonable. I don't mind doing yeah. that. But yeah. one hundred eighteen dollars for one tire. Yeah. A flat tire is uh, pretty expensive. That yeah. didn't include fixing it. That's right. That's why you got to be careful where you buy your tires. And not, yeah, not just anybody can mount a set of tires that's either. That's right. You'll break that sensor and it'll be more than that. And then it'll, yeah. be, then it'll be $218. Well, yeah, that didn't include the price of the new sensor. That yeah. was another 70 bucks or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. if the sensor went down, more than likely it got broke. It got broke, yeah, but we'll I, fix the flat. Yeah, I broke it. I couldn't give the, get the cap off it, so that uh, I had to use a vice grip. Oh, Lord. Right okay. Okay. All right. That makes sense then. Yeah. I understand. Well, I appreciate okay, that. Okay, Richard. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Thank Bye you. Now. Bye-bye. I hate part of the automotive. I we'd love to have you. And we got Bobby online. Good morning, Bobby. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Uh, a couple of things. Good morning, Brian. First of all, you guys are doing a great public service. You know, most of the guys when they read consumers' reports, they mm-hmm. call your show and all. But you know, when they say there's reliability issues, they don't tell you that it's reliability. You got to change a five hundred dollar headlight rather than a ten dollar headlight. <laughs> you know, the problem so, is, Bobby, with almost all of that, if you ever read any of that stuff and you read where those figures come from, that is initial consumer satisfaction. Right. That's three right. days yeah. out of the Guy box. Guy buys a car and he's <laughs> over around three days. Oh, I love this thing, man. It is so yeah. It smells so good. It drives so nice, you know. Yeah. Let me know how yeah. you think about it in about yeah. six, eight months. Yeah, well, well take it out five years, or six yeah. years, you know. Uh, two things. Second thing I want to get to is you're right about that oil price. That's the one thing that really scares me about our country. We pretty much independent stuff, but we're so dependent on oil, man. we weakling if something happens well, to Well, that's it. right. I had a guy tell me, well, you know, we got nuclear-powered Navy. I, yeah, said, well, that's true. That's I said, but you know what? All those sailors on that ship, they got to get there in a car that runs on what? Yeah, right. the welding right. machines that weld those ships together, do what they yep. run on. Diesel yep. fuel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what I'm calling about today, Liz, and again, uh, most of my, a lot of my friends are retired, too, and if it's tight for the normal guy who's working, it's even mm-hmm. tighter for the guys on fixed right. fix stuff. And like you said, they help, you help them keep their cars running when you need it because, you know, when an older fellow needs his car, he needs his car. I'm not right. to the hospital or something. That's right. Anyway, what I'm calling about, Lewis, is a 2008 Grand Marquis. Mm-hmm. Buddy Mont's got one of those things, and he may be willing to pass it on to me sometime later. I mean, okay. He's not ready to do it yet. Is that past the 2007 Alta No, that's limit? kind of sort of a exception to the rule, okay. Bobby, only because they did not change that car in 08. Okay. They basically built the same car they've been building. It's got a few gadgets and gizmos on it, more than what I would like to see, but it's still a pretty decent car. That's the one with the 4.6 rear-wheel drive? Yes. Yeah, 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 it's still a pretty decent car. It's basically the same car they've been building all along. They didn't make any changes. They knew they were going to drop it, and they, they just didn't change it. Okay, well, like I said, I'm driving a 96, and I might trade up to the 2008. You know, I like to keep at least five years behind the time. Yes, sir. Uh, but uh, like I said, I hope the guy's listening to you because uh, 
we need more just kind of thinking in America. Everybody's going out and buying new stuff. And well, that's right. They all credit card debt. I don't know, man. That's right. Well, you know, uh, listen, Dave Ramsey, uh, any of the guys, only thing they're telling you is common sense. They're telling you the same stuff your grandpa told you. That's exactly right. If you, do, <laughs> if you didn't listen to, listen to him. Yeah, yeah. that's know? right. Yep, that's the trouble. You're right. When we when we're 15, we don't listen to anybody. That's right. Our parents, and when we're 30, we say, you know, they're, they're kind of smart. <laughs> they actually knew some stuff. stuff that's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you guys have a great day. Keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you, Bobby. Bye bye. Right, if you want to be part of the automotive, we would love to have you. And we have got Jay's been patient holding. Good morning, Jay. I just wondered for one thing. I got a Mercury Marquee. Mm-hmm. Time to get the plugs and things changed. Okay. I took it a couple places, and they said it's running real good and everything, but. When you get this many miles on it, I think it's time to let somebody check it. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is your phone number, where your shop says. Can you give it to me? Oh, yeah. It's uh, 291-6900. It's uh, 291-6900. 6900- That's correct. That's it. Yes, sir. Okay, which one? You just got one shop? Or you got yes, sir, just one. Okay. You on Florida Boulevard? No, Corsi Boulevard. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Best thing, you got a computer, Jay? No. Okay. No. I was going to say, go to our website, and it's got more information there than you could ever care to read about us. Just give Elaine a call Monday morning. I'm, I'm going to give you all a call. And okay. See y'all well, Jay, I'm going to tell you one thing. On a newer car like that, if you're waiting for it to start running bad or the mileage to drop off or start island rough, it ain't no. going to do that. No, it's it's going to keep running just fine until something burns up because the computer no. compensates for all that. Yeah, but see, that's the reason I don't want to. Run it. It's that's right. Running real good. So well, now it's time to get it checked on and keep decide, it running good. Decide not to run. Anymore. Right, that's right. It, by the time you got a problem, it's almost too late. The cost is right. way, way high, so you want to prevent yeah. the problems. Yeah, say, well, it's it running real good. Yeah, you know? well, that's, that's the time to act. But that's, I've had that happen. Well, well you're exactly run. right, because, see, it's it's covering up all that stuff. It's, it's giving extra burn time to the worn plugs, and there's all that kind of stuff going on. It'll run just fine until something, by the time something happens, you got a big old problem. Oh, yeah. So. All right, well, just give Elaine a call Monday morning. She'll set something up for you. Okay, buddy. Okay, Jay. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. We'll try to take one more call for the break. We got Ken on line. Good morning, Ken. Yes, good morning. How y'all doing? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Well, I'm here. I'm heading into Baton Rouge on 10, and, boy, we've got a traffic jam. I don't know oh, what's going on. Oh, goodness. Typical Baton Rouge. Uh, it's backed up. It's backed up forever. But, anyway, I'm I'm calling. got a 2010 Toyota Tacoma picked up. Okay. I'm going to throw this at y'all, and maybe y'all can, because the Toyota dealership in Lafayette doesn't seem to know what the problem is. Okay. Although it's still a, it's under warranty, and mm-hmm. I will be heading back, yes, hopefully sir. Friday, to I pretty much run out of patience with them. This is what I have. And, <laughs> by the way, I, I happened to wash my truck this morning, and, mm-hmm. And looked at one of the wheels. They forgot to put one of the lug nuts oh, back goodness. on. <laughs> but I've got a constant vibration in this truck. Okay. Uh, and it, it, I bought it brand new. Yes, sir. And it seems when you get about 70, 75, the thing mm-hmm. vibrates. Okay. And it seems to be coming from the front. Let me and ask you. Checked it Ken, and checked hang on, it. hang on. Is the steering wheel shaking back and forth in your hand, or is like your seats and all vibrating? The steering wheel, the seats, everything. I noticed the seats, you know, the yeah. headrest on the seats are vibrating, okay. Okay. everything. If it's doing that, then your problem is probably not in the front. It's more likely going to be in the back. In the back. Yes, sir. Because a front one, the steering wheel will wobble back and forth in your hand, but it's not going to shake the whole truck. Now, you got to remember, the steering wheel is part of the whole truck. So something in the back, if it's shaking, the wheel's going to move too, but it's not going to be directly coming in out of the wheel. It's not wobbling back and forth in your hand. Most likely, that is going to be a problem in the rear. I can tell you a few things that are real common there. Number one is depending on what kind of tires the vehicle came with. Out-around tires are very, very, very prominent today. We see that a lot, particularly on OEM cars because they use a cheap tire on them. Now, if all the tires are round and all the tires are balanced properly, 
and you could generally what you could do is you can rotate tires front to back and it won't go away but it'll change in some way the steering wheel may start wobbling and, and, and the sun visor may quit wobbling so okay. first thing to do would be just to rotate the tires and see if it affects it they've rotated they've spun balance yeah they, but see okay. that don't mean anything because you could have two bad tires three or four bad tires who knows and you're it's moving been around like that since day one yeah right. and it's under That's warranty right. so i'm not really worried about it but i'm well, pretty much well, you, you need, need to, be. to be you need to be because that shake is going to tear all things That's up right Another couple of things is the drive shaft can cause that problem. You may have a bad drive shaft and it may not have gotten balanced properly or it could have got damaged in shipping. That is particularly if you get up to when it's shaking real good, like 70 miles an hour, just temporarily kick it in neutral and okay. see if the vibration changes. It may not go right. away, but see if it gets better. Okay. And drop it back down and drive, and if it gets worse where you're loading and unloading is changing it, you may have a bad drive shaft. Because Toyota's had a little bit of trouble with drive shafts, and they may have to replace that. So the other options, you have something like a bent wheel on it or two bent wheels on it. It could have got damaged in shipping. I have seen a vehicle snatched down so tight on a transport truck that it bent the axles in it. That's right. I mean, you all know, kinds wheels of things wobbling. happen to new vehicles. They can take a, a wheel assembly and put it on a balancer and, and balance it perfect, right. but they put it back on a bent hub, and it's going to wobble. That's right. So that's something else you got to look at. It's nothing that can't be found. I mean, it's just going to take somebody to know right. what they're doing. They're, they're, at this dealership, the Lafayette, they don't seem to be able to find it. Sounds well, like you need to find a need. What I would probably do is call Toyota and just say, look, I've been back one, two, three, four, however many times, and I still haven't had my problem resolved. I'd like to take it somewhere else and see if they'll get you to another dealership because these guys are leaving lug nuts off. How good can yeah, they well, be? <laughs> I was washing my truck this yeah, morning. Yeah, I ain't really impressed by that. I see one of the lug nuts are missing, yeah. and they're the last ones that took that tire off. Yeah. So. Well, I ain't really impressed by that. Yeah. In some cases, if they can't find it, you can get Toyota to send it to us, and we can find it for you for absolutely sure, and then they'll cover it under warranty, but you have to get that authorized through Toyota. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, well, thank you, sir. All anyway, right, Ken. Anybody's coming into Baton Rouge with... But there is a backup on 10 coming into Baton Rouge. Ah. I don't know what's going on, but well, good. we're Thank backed up thanks. beyond West Baton Rouge. Oh, goodness. Well, thanks for passing that on, man. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, All Kip. Right. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take one more quick little break. We'll be right back with more. Welcome. I am the great fondue automobile fortune teller. Sit. I'm hoping you can tell me if I have any big car repairs looming in my future. Ah, I see you among many cars, stopping and going. Yeah, Baton Rouge traffic. Now you're making a left turn. Hands, ten and two. Nice form. Uh, thanks? Now you're stopped at a light. Look, you're just naming things I do every day. I want to know if my car is going to break down anytime soon. If you're hoping to gaze into your car's future, Agco suggests bringing in your vehicle once a year for a general inspection. Agco gives you an honest opinion on the maintenance needed to keep your car running and save you money on big repairs in the future. Great fondue, you should try another profession instead of a car fortune teller. Well, I was a mechanic at one of those quickie lube places, and believe me, I'm actually a better fortune teller. Well, that's scary. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got my co-pilot, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. You go ahead and just give us a call. And we got Jeff online. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. How are you today? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Louis, I'm trying to avoid a return engagement to your fine establishment. <laughs> okay. Um, and my check engine light came on in my 05 F-150. It's okay. got the 5.4 mm-hmm. motor. Okay. Last time I was in there, we did the, the uh, cam chain 
Time to change. Okay, okay. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I've got two codes, one of which sounds, seems pretty simple. It's O2 sensor, bank 2, sensor 2. Is that the one all the way in the back? Yeah, after, after the, the converter. Right. I, I was assuming that, but as mm-hmm. pricey as they are, I wanted to go ahead and replace the right Well, and one see, that I, code does not say that the sensor's bad. Right. It, it says, says it's it, out of range. It says either right. out of range or it says the heater element's not working. That's the two codes you right. got. But right. there's a lot of things that can cause that. The first thing you're going to have to do is get you a pinout chart and find out what the readings on those leads are supposed to be. For instance, if you don't have 12 volts going to that sensor to fire off your heating element, it's going to set a heater element sensor 2 code. And it okay. can be a pinch wire or blown fuse. Right. So you go spend 150 bucks for an O2 sensor screw and you still got the same light on. Now where are yeah. you? Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. So lots of things can cause that. You cannot take those codes literally. You need right. to get that. Right. Dis- it, it, it does say poor electrical connection, mm-hmm. open circuit, that sort of thing, which is okay. what you're talking about, right. blown fuse or, mm-hmm. or bad connection. Right. Okay. We'll see. Well, I, I, I can work with that one. The other code I've got is kind of perplexing, P2262. Supercharger boost pressure not detected. Obviously, it's not a supercharged pickup yeah, truck. Yeah, that is most likely going to be some type of a computer sort of an issue where computer's brain is scrambled for some reason. Has anything been changed in the truck before no. that code came on? Any kind of aftermarket accessory of any sort added to it? Bone stock, yeah. Other than the K&N filter in it, it's... You know. Well, I ain't real crazy about a key in filter, but that's another story. Man, that I would go after that code first before I change an option right. sensor. Because if that computer is going crazy, it cannot enable the heater element in that O2 sensor and set that code. Okay. So one is a class one code, deals a class two code. You need to diagnose that problem first. One thing you might just try, and this probably is not going to work, and if it doesn't work, it's going to make it harder to diagnose the problem eventually, but you could try just disconnecting the battery, let it all go brain dead, and then power it back up and just see if it's possibly a glitch in the computer that will clear itself. Well, Most I, likely I, it won't. I had a 96 that I ran some engine, some fuel injector cleaner, right. and in and that's what I did. I, I just let everything go dead and fired it back up, and it never came back on. Right. It's, it's possible. I mean, you could have a lightning strike close to the truck, and it got some static down the antenna and just scrambled up the brain on the computer. Now, the, the next question is, when's the inspection sticker due? Yeah. Yeah, I'm if a few it's, months away, so I want yeah. to get that. Yeah, done. see, the problem is if you disconnect that battery, you're going to lose all the diagnostic information that I would need to fix the car. So you're also you, going to lose all the readiness tests right. to pass inspection with. You need to allow yourself probably a couple of three weeks to a month of driving to get all that information back before right. you can be able to bring it to me and let me figure out what's wrong with it if you can't fix it yourself. Okay. One of the, uh, you know, it shows a lot of different possibilities. Faulty ICP sensor. That's a new one on me. That's intake manifold runner control, but yeah, that if it's spitting out that many codes, something's going on. That's yeah, you out know, of the, out of the normal. I'm gonna tell you well, what. These, Jeff, these are just this P2262. It, it's EDR system fault. Is this? You know, that one time. See Ford if it's a, well, it's probably monitoring the manifold pressure, and what it's saying is, hey, we don't have enough vacuum in the intake manifold. So maybe the first code it kicks out of the supercharger boost over, and it doesn't have a supercharger on this vehicle. Right. But, I mean, that could be a map sensor bad. That could be a vacuum leak. That could be EGR stuck open. I mean, that could be on and on and on and on and on. I right. think, Jeff, it's going to probably be cheaper for you just to bring that thing to me and let me tell you what's wrong with it, even if you want to fix it yourself. Because <laughs> you ain't going to probably spend more than an hour, two hours diagnostic time. That's cheaper than any one part you're going to buy. Right. And that, that right. stuff can get pretty complex yeah. real fast. That's right. 
there, at one time, there was a, a Ford, I, I don't know which ver- engine it was, it had a little screen on the base of the EGR valve, and it could get filled with carbon, and that would cause... Well, see, if you were not having EGR flow, you wouldn't be setting that code. This is more like excessive EGR flow. Okay. Okay. See, okay. If, if the EGR was blocked off, it wouldn't be doing anything. So, so it can't, you, it can't, this- you got something over-boosting your intake according to the code you're reading now, unless it's just a, a false code. I mean, so you- I, I can go on and on and on things that could be forever. DPFE sensor bad, DPFE hose off. I mean, right. on and on and on. Solenoid sensor bad, MAP sensor bad. It could even be a dirty mass air flow meter because of that K&N filter you got on there. I mean, it could be so many things that could cause that kind of a code because it's kind of sort of a nondescript code. And what it is, the, the engine doesn't know. It just knows something's wrong, so it just throws out the first code out there. That's why you can't ever read those codes and take them literally. Is it feasible that this particular issue is causing the O2 sensor? Possible. Well, It is possible. Yeah. Definitely. It's all tied right. together. It all has to do with fuel air. Right. Okay. Yeah, I would certainly right. fix this problem first. Now, it's also remotely possible that the O2 sensor is causing this problem. For instance, if it's yeah. got a shorted lead that's supposed to be a 5-volt reference and it's short at 12-volt ground, it's going to knock the computer crazy. And it can start right. throwing all kinds of stuff out. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say whether it's the chicken or the egg, but, yeah, they could very well both be related, particularly if they both came on around the same time. Well, so, yeah, I, the engine came on and I plugged in the... the uh, and they were both reason. there. Right. Yeah, I mean, you might even just try disconnecting the O2 sensor temporarily, just unplug it completely, clear the codes out, and go drive it. And obviously, it's going to have an O2 sensor code because it's unplugged. But if the other code doesn't come back, it's possible a bad O2 sensor could set that code, too. It could go either way. All right. Well, I, I haven't. It just came on, so I haven't spent a lot of time with it. But I mm-hmm. wanted to maybe call you and save some time. Well, I would do that. And, and the biggest thing you want to save money. Anything you can do yourself without spending any money, I do. But beyond that, I mean, you start throwing one hundred fifty dollars auction sensors at it and four hundred dollars modules at it, and not even a chance of fixing it. I mean, you can run out of money way before you run out of guesses. <laughs> <laughs> I'll assure you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I miss the old cars. And, and, <laughs> well, you know. You know what, Jeff? If you miss the old ones, just wait. It's fixing to oh, get getting, 10 yeah. times worse in the next couple of years. Cars yeah, will change I, more in the next two years than they have in the last 20 years. I'm waiting for them to put a hood release on it that can't be opened by anybody but a qualified technician. Well, that's it. you have to key in your technician identification code. It's going to go out on the Internet, and it's going to see if you're yeah. licensed tech, and it's not going to open the hood if it's not. <laughs> Back in the day, the most complicated thing I had was a dwell meter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I was watching TV the other day talking about this new Ford Focus. And you're driving down the road, and the grill flows down to give you better aerodynamics. And I'm saying to myself, okay, now what does this benefit the driver? A quarter mile to the gallon. So it's $6 a gallon. It's going to save the average driver about, about $8 a year. Now, when you pull up in your driveway, and you pull up in the garage, and you hit the lawnmower handle in your grill, it's 3700 bucks. change this grill out. Do the math. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, they, it's like, look what we can do. Yeah, and that's not yeah. covered under warranty. No, not covered warranty. And, and, you know, you got a microprocessor, and it's all got an IP address, so you got to take it back. Somebody knows to do it, so they can program it again. And, and the car you, won't run without it. That's right. If you take one out of another car, it won't match the IP address. You can't so reprogram it, so you can't do that. So yeah. on and on and on and on and on it goes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, somebody needs to put their foot down quick. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just going to get totally it's out, out of hand, hand. man. It's, it's bad now, and it's getting way, way worse by the day. No doubt. Well, I'm going to donate my dwell meter, sounds like, to a, a museum somewhere. <laughs> That'd be about the last time anybody would need it. <laughs> yep. All right, guys, I appreciate it. All right, All right Jeff. Sir. Thank you, man. Yeah. Bye-bye.
All right. Well, man, we have squandered another totally good hour. That's it. Right out of time. That's right. Hey, you want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour? I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week also. That's right. And keep up the emails. I always enjoy hearing from you. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.